Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I'll go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 40 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter is JepaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. How's things? Jep, we've got fixture changes. We've got teams re- relocating everywhere. We've got the Eagles winning, the Magpies and Licorice all sorts. But most importantly, footy continues. Absolutely, yeah. As long as footy continues, I think we're all happy, hey? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to jump straight into this podcast. Make sure you're following at AFL Ratings on Twitter to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news each week and information, you're in here crushing it. If you would like a chance at scoring a plus six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. We're going to give a few more away at the midway point of the season. This week on episode 40, Jepper and I will talk about key players ahead of round six. Keep in mind we are recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, July 7. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. The podcast format will look ahead and be grouped in upcoming games. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on overall rank in AFL Fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. Okay, Jep, on to episode 40. Geelong versus Brisbane this week. Patrick Dangerfield played a fair bit forward last week. He looks ready to explode for me and definitely should be a target. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with the target. He's still very valuable um, for the Geelong and very valuable for us as fantasy coaches given the cost he's um, at at the moment. Brandon Parfit, a centre bounce usage was solid last week, but again, plenty of mids wanting CBAs could make for inconsistent scoring jet. Yeah, agree with that. Um, probably a risk, but loving these 11 tackles on the weekend, Pete. Joel Selwood, the scores are viable right now, but a 73.7 average from his last three is not screaming out as a trade target for me, Jeb, especially when his CBAs are still quite high. No, and he hasn't hit those high ceiling scores, sorry, so it's a no for me. Mitch Duncan, he's getting a lot of uncontested action on the outside. He's averaged 95 points from his last three games, Jep. Yeah, an underrated fantasy player, old Mitch. So, look, I think um, he's a unique pick and, and would service those fantasy coaches that want to take the risk. Sam Menegola, he's back to full fitness. He's moving up and down that wing as a connection between the defence and half-forward line. Just one to monitor for now for me, Jep. Yes, same for the monitoring. I think with the um, recent DPP changes, we'll just let it be for a week or two, but he's definitely on the watch list. Brandon Stasevich, it's getting close to cash-out time here, Jep, with just an average of 41.5 points from his last two games. Yeah, definitely. And those that um, can put him on your bench, I think we'd look towards that going forward. Hugh McCluggage, he's averaged 101 points from his last three games, all with no centre bounces, Jep. Yeah, he sort of hit a hit a, or turned a corner and um, not looking back. So very much a value pick for me. I'm targeting top um, top eight uh, midfielders with a high ceiling, so I'm not going to touch him. Jared Berry, he's seen a big spike in CBAs. He's averaged 93.3 points from his last three games, Jep. Yeah, this is a value pick still um, where, where you're going to earn cash and points at the same time. So... It's probably the last week to, to hit, pull the trigger on, on Berry. Lockie Neal, another super score last week to keep owners happy. Guthrie and DeBoer are upcoming. This is the test over the next couple of weeks because if he can get it done, I'm not too sure an overall winner will be without him. He's 100% owned in the top 25, Jep. 
Yeah, look, hitting the scores um, and obviously very expensive in price. So those that have him are sitting pretty, but, yeah, they've got to wait for what transpires over the next two rounds with a heavy tag. Okay, on to Collingwood versus Hawthorne. Adam Trelaw, great opening score of 105 points last week. He's a unique own in that midfield chip. Yeah, Trelaw um, started really well, commanded a lot of the footy and got a lot of it, which suits his fantasy game as it has in the past. So there's a lot of boxes ticked. Still side bottom. He recently grabbed forward status. He's at 800k and available at rare nine jet. So yeah, definitely a target for many at round nine. Um, personally, I think we wait a week and see how he, he warms back to footy and um, and then go from there. But he's got to be um, a trading option for everyone at some point later in the season. Brody Grundy, that salary is increasing after averaging 115 points from his last two games, Jip. Yeah, just going about his business, doing his job, and um, you know, well over 900,000 in price. Um, so those that don't have him really need to consider when they're bringing him in with, um, you know, the pit net top out of price. Tyler Brown, maybe Brown holds this week with the Dugowie out. It's right on cash out time now for Brown Jet. Oh, look, any, anyone that scores 19 in a game is um, it's not uh, providing much value. So um, you can push the trigger on him now and you won't lose much sleep over it. Tom Mitchell, a great first half last week. He's 76% owned in that top 25. He faces the Magpies this week. He has absolutely crushed them recently, Jep. Yeah, look, coming back to his game last week, I thought he started amazingly well and probably just faded out of the game a little bit towards the end. So I think the attributes are there. I don't think it's um, so much a fitness issue. It's more um, the team and consistency and having that support base around him. So, look, Tom Mitchell is going to provide the scores hopefully soon. Chad Wingard, those centre bounces have fallen away recently. He can bounce this week if he plays through that midfield against Collingwood Jeb. He just relies a lot on goals to um, to Jackie score up. So if when he doesn't kick many goals, it's um, going to be an average score. Ben McAvoy, Clarko mixed things up with the ruck situation last week. This is a volatile position to even contemplate, Jep. Oh, look, it's it's too risky to take him now. If he's going to be chopped and changed and roll from week to week, I think it's it just screams um, a danger, and um, I would stick very well clear from it. Harrison Jones, only 36 points on debut last week, but the trust to run through the middle of the ground from Clarko was encouraging for job security, Jep. Yeah, definitely. Um, I liked his role as well. And, um, you know, laid four tackles. He, he's, he's not a young rook. He's an older rook. So there's there's hope for him yet as a cash cow for fantasy coaches. And, you know, with limited options available, I would suggest that everyone pick him up. Fremantle versus St Kilda. Andrew Brayshaw. A season high score of 106 points last week. But it was against a team that allows countless uncontested marks, Jip. Yeah, and not having Fife around as well obviously helped his, his midfield game. So Fife likely to come back this week and in turn Brayshaw bumps out of the um, midfield, well, heavier midfield rotations. So I'm not expecting a score like that this week, that's for sure. Okay, Caleb Sarong. The lack of game scoring meant limited opportunities last week at centre bounces, but it appears that job security is quite strong, Jeb. Yeah, I'm pretty 
bit low time on ground for for a player as well, which is to note. So, you know, that could that probably build this week and you get more time on ground and hopefully more fantasy points. So it's not the end of the world. Hayden Young, he looks very comfortable now, Jep. This is a genuine cash and score player now. Yeah, absolutely agree with that 100%. I, if I was a Dockers fan, um, I'd be very, very happy having him in my side. So he looks very good. Nat Fife. It sounds like Fife will be good to go this week. There is the possibility he may spend some more time forward with the Hogan injury and also protecting his hammy jet. Yeah, good call there. Um, for target, oh, you obviously wouldn't target him coming back from injury. For existing owners, it might even actually pay to pull the trigger and, and, and trade him up while he's got currency. Jack Steele, awesome job on Crips last week. A 106-point average from his last two games has people interested, Jep. Yeah, another one playing with a heap of confidence. Um, love what he's doing, and he's doing it consistently now as well. So only one score under 80 for the season. Nick Caulfield, he's averaged 72.7 points from his last three games. The 495 price tag is very appealing, Jep. Yeah, it it's a risk, though, and... Um, Look, for me at this point of the season, I, I would look towards um, the, the pre-upgrades, the one where um, you know that you're going to get the return out of them. And with Caulfield, it's just going to be a week-by-week sort of scenario. Okay, on to Rowan Marshall. 94-point average from his last two games with no rider. There is no guarantee, but I'm leaning towards Marshall going at it solo a little bit from here, Jep. Yeah, I think it's working well with the team set up. I agree with that. And... Um, yeah, look, it's it's a shame he's only got ruck status. Otherwise, I think we'd consider him for our forward lines. Jack Billings, just the one sub-80 score this year, and that was the only game not at Marvel Stadium. The Saints hit the road now, Jep. Yeah, um, but I still think there's a big role and big scores coming from, from Jack. So, look, I, I think Billings is a unique and, and probably underrated as a fantasy player and given his stigma from previous seasons. So um, those who want to pull rank, I think he, he's going to be at, well, one of your targets. Yeah, definitely unique and also a ceiling player there as well. I do like those thoughts, Jep. Okay, on to West Coast versus Adelaide. Andrew Gaff, he was targeted last week and scored just 66 points. What a juicy matchup this week is against Adelaide, Jep. He's got to be considered for captain, Pete, that's for sure. Um Look, it's, it's probably not what we wanted last week or out of or those that own him um, with a 66, but, you know, no, no player is, um, is going to tick the box every time. So, yeah, expecting big things this week from Adelaide and then Frio the week after. Listen, if Brayshaw can score 106 points versus Adelaide, that's Andrew <laughs> Brayshaw, imagine what Andrew Gaff is going to do to the Crows this week. But anyway... We digress. Okay, on to Dom Sheed. He moved up and down that wing last week with Freedom. Expect the same this week, obviously, against the Crows again, Jep. Yeah, look, consistency-wise, I think that's a concern from Sheed, but he's obviously going to have a good run over the next few weeks. Elliot Yo, his centre bounces have been high all year. Volatile scores have existed. Not that much interest here for me, Jep. Same. He's the same as Sheed and Tag from a West Coast supporter. He's going to have, give you inconsistent scores, so it's a no from me. Jared Brander, he's some chance to return this week. He missed round five with a back and hip issue, Jep. I'd be very surprised if he played this week, but, you know, let's see what happens. Um, 
obviously owners that kept him would want that. So, um, yeah, it's it's really just for the existing owners that um, would want a bit more returning cash. Mm-hmm. On to Nick Netanui. He crushed his matchup last week, scoring 86 points against a understrength Sydney Ruck setup. That limited game time will still exist, Jep. Yeah, absolutely. But I think um, he's never played um, as many minutes as he has in recent weeks. So having Oscar Allen as his support obviously helps his time on field. And and that's the game plan from West Coast. They're, they're going to um, run with Nick Nat a bit more um, on field in the upcoming games. Brad Crouch. He's put together a nice average of 85.8 points from his last four games, Jep. Yeah, I don't mind this. I don't mind picking Crouch again as um, as a point of difference for sure. I think Crouch offers, or Crouch's personal scenario, I should say, is you know he's he's looking for a new contract and he's he's looking to um, max out his price in his new contract. So he's all guns blazing. So I think there's a lot of incentive there for him to play well and and give us the uh, fantasy scores as a result. On to Brody Smith, since he's moved back to defence, he's averaged 73.7 points, Jep. Yeah, done well, and he'll do well against West Coast. Um, they won't pressure him up too much. Rory Laird, if the Crows keep getting smashed for inside 50s, the opportunities will be endless for Laird this year, Jep. Yeah, that, that's a fair comment. I just, He just doesn't look the same player as, as he, what he used to be a few years ago, so that's a no for me. Riley O'Brien. A tough matchup against Nick Nat this week. Coaches without Grundy or Gorn have a cheaper option, Jep. True. Um, but as far as O'Brien goes, it's it's going to be interesting how he goes against a big bruiser in Nick Nat in the week. You know, it's going to be a really physical game for O'Brien, and I think he'll struggle. Melbourne versus Gold Coast. Christian Petrarca. He went missing after quarter time last week. The low game scores for Melbourne are hurting his centre bounce opportunities, Jep. Yeah, agreed with that. He needs more centre bounces to, to help his his points. Um, but, yeah, look, I think from the team perspective, Melbourne got dominated after quarter time. So that went hand in hand with his um, output. Melbourne just need to score, and that's going to help a trucker there for sure. Okay, on to Harley Bernal. Some chance to return this week. The Demons have been poor by foot. Benel is actually outstanding by foot, Jep. Yeah, agree. He should be in the team. Um, he's one of the better ball users in the AFL, let alone for Melbourne. So um, get him in the team and, and get the damage happening. Jack Viney. It's way past time to eject here, Jep. He's averaged 64.3 points from his last three games. Your thoughts? Yeah, the slides happened um, and owners need to trade him. Simple as that. Max Gorn. For those that were waiting for a price drop, that likely won't happen for a while. He's on fire, Jep. Yeah, he um, looks super fit too, and um, there's no turning back unless, um, heaven forbid, an injury occurs. Trent Rivers. I'm fearful he gets dropped this week, Jep. His disposals by foot are hurting the team. Your thoughts? Yeah, agreed. I think um, Hibbard's rise as well last weekend sort of puts him on the back foot, so don't be surprised if he is dropped. Matthew Rowell. We wish him all the best with his shoulder surgery but this trade will spread out ownership everywhere jeb your thoughts yeah it's um you know he's <laughs> owned by almost all of us so it, which direction we all go is all going to be different so that's right and i love um the the diversity of, of fantasy when this occurs so um 
it's it's more really every team structure is going to be different in approach, but obviously Rao's given us the currency in return that we needed regardless. So, yeah, all the best to Matty. Okay, on to Connor Broderick. He's playing a lockdown role at times, and that is hurting his fantasy scores, Jep. Yeah, um, and he just can't be on field anymore. We we got to um, if if those are that are holding him are going to um, have him, it's it's got to be on the bench. Lockie Weller, those CBAs have been steady all all season, Jep. What are your thoughts on selecting him in a defensive spot? Well, after seeing the new DPPs um, for fantasy, I think defence nothing really took our fancy in that. So Weller's still a target for me um, for for a defensive role going forward. Sam Flanders. He was close a few weeks back. He'll be on the radar again soon, Jip. Yeah, and look, with Rao's injury, possibly he gets an opportunity. Obviously not the exact role as Rao, a very different role. But, yeah, we'll see him at some point. Essendon versus North Melbourne. Andrew McGrath. The centre bounces remain high. Just the scoring needs to tick over a little bit more, Jip. Yeah, agreed. Um, he, the role's there, so existing owners should um, have some confidence with um, having him on field. Mitch Hibbard, a slow start. Hopefully he can hold with a stringer injury, but McKenna is also on the radar to return, obviously along with Zach Merritt from suspension, Jip. Yeah, I suppose we give a player a bit of grace, give them their first game for a new club. Um, so um, whether he holds his spot in the team, we'll wait and see. But let's um, I th- look, I think he's got the physical attributes to, to score well in fantasy. It's not as if he's going to get bashed around. Um, so, yeah, it's it's still a wise pick. It's just about job security. Zach Merritt. Those centre bounces may spike without Stringer, but Parrish and Devin Smith will also be pushing into the middle. Your thoughts, Jep? Well, I think he scored well all season without relying on centre bounce attendances. So I think nothing changes for Merritt. He's still the best ball user at Essendon. On to Jordan Ridley. Three pretty decent scores this year, Jep. The price tag of 569k is reasonable right now. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's um, designated quarterback out of Essendon. Mm-hmm. So um, we we love the plus threes. And um, again, probably this week or never to jump on Ridley. On to Curtis Taylor. This kid is a star, I believe, Jep. With a minus 17 break even, we get to ride him a little longer. We do, and um, it's great to see a young fella play with such confidence and, you know, hit the scoreboard as well um, for North Melbourne. So, yeah, let's let's ride the wave and and keep him on our field. Todd Goldstein, for those that picked Goldie, great pick. He's increased his salary to 791k and he's within reach of either Gorn or Grundy, Jep. Yeah, he's not slowing down either. So, um, a score of 94 was very... Very solid, and um, again, no no signs of injury or anything like that. He um, he saw systems ago. On to Jai Simkin. Those centre bounces remain extremely high. I don't see him moving from that midf- midfield anytime soon, Jep. Yeah, and look, a, a score of 60 last week wasn't ideal, but exactly right. The role's there, and we just keep going and be be um, disciplined with, with Simkin in our four lines. Port Adelaide versus GWS Giants. Darcy Byrne-Jones. A disappointing three weeks for DBJ since the Burton injury and Houston into defence. Hopefully that can reverse with the Burton return on the cards this week, Jip. Yeah, look, probably likely. Uh, he needs to be freed up and he's not, so we'll just... Look, I don't think he... 
is the smartest pick going around at the moment with the value of Weller at a similar price. On to Dan Houston. The scores have held here, Jep. There's a chance now for him to return back into that midfield, especially after that Port Adelaide loss last week. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's not just um, scoring. He's scoring very well. So um, And looks, again, confident on the field. So we just hold and, um, and hope for the return. And if that's why the midfield, then sure. Josh Kelly. Ownership is thin for Kelly, but those ceiling games have returned. He's a late-season pick with the risk of late-out, surely. Well, look, it's, it's it was beautiful to watch um, with the fantasy brain that I normally watch my footy with. Um, plenty of plus sixes deep on the wings, and um, they looked to him a lot. So, look, GWS as a whole had the whole fantasy game going. Lockie Whitfield. Quite rightly, I said no trade two weeks ago. He's averaged 94.5 points in his last two games. For non-owners, here's your trade target, Jep. Absolutely. Um, Screens Valley and obviously your top six forward. Lockie Ash. He's starting to get comfortable at AFL level. He's still a damn great target at 274k with a break-even of just six, Jep. So, yeah, every game that goes past, um, Ash gets more confident. and He's done some really good things in the field. And his best score of the season, 56, is, um, you know, very, very good for a rookie from what we've got from other players. On to Nick Haynes. The Giants had plenty of sideways and backwards ball movement last week, but I still like his role, Jep. Oh, yeah. And um, you'd think he'd be um, leading the All-Australian um, betting at the moment in the back line somewhere. So, look, playing exceptionally well, and it's um, equating to really good fantasy scores. On to Tim Taranto. He's some chance to return this week from shoulder surgery along with Ward. The midfield mix may slightly change for the Giants, Jep. Yeah, and um, it's interesting, the players that we we all talked about previously and how it affects them. I think from Taranto's point of view, we give him a couple of weeks to warm into it before we target him as a trade-in. Richmond versus Sydney, Basher Hawley. Unfortunately for owners, he didn't travel with the team due to a new son. Laird, Lloyd, Haynes are all targets for Hawley owners, Jep. Yeah, uh, it's it's a sideways move. Um, definitely, we probably got to maintain um, a decent scoring option and not um, a rookie option. On to Dion Prestia and Trent Cochin. We're in that midfield for the Tigers. Both are injured, which will open up plenty of opportunities. Oh, I think Hardwick would be open to all options, but, but I think... Um, of their depth, and if you, you know, Jack Ross comes to mind, um, Collier Dawkins, there's plenty of guys that can play the um, hard midfield role. Dustin Martin, a couple of quiet weeks for Dusty. His centre-bounce usually spiked heavily last week. He'll put up premium scores if he can run through that midfield over the next few weeks, Jep. Yeah, definitely. Although he's got a target on his back as a damaging player and attracting a tag, he's probably one that runs through the midfield a lot more um, with Preston and Cochin out. Yeah, that's actually probably a pretty good point there. So if opposition teams see the understrength midfield of the Tigers, Dusty might be right up there for a tag. But anyway, we'll yeah, see. for sure. But anyway, we'll see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks, at least in the short term. Dylan Stevens for the Swans. Jeb Peel will make his debut this week. He's averaged 23.8 disposals in the under-18 champs last year. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's definitely not a trade-in option this week. We um, He's a wingman. He'll play on the wing for the Swans. Let's give him that warm-up game and see how he goes. Chad Warner also will make his debut this week. He averaged 18.2 disposals in the under-18 champs last year, Jeb. 
don't mind the um, Warner trading this week, given his um, the 170k price, and and we cash in a bit there. Um, but he's obviously a bench backup only. Jake Lloyd, three solid scores in the last four weeks. He could be at his cheapest right now, Jep, at 758k. Yeah, he's going up and he looks good. Um, he's a top six defender like he has been for, for us fantasy fans for a very long time. Josh Kennedy, Sydney Josh Kennedy. He's quietly going about his business each week. He's averaged 91.3 points from his last three games, Jip. Yeah, he, um, it's probably the story of his career, really. Um, lets his actions uh, speak on the field and um, his fantasy scores give us the return as well. So... Look, not probably one to target now. It's, it was an option to start with in the season, I suppose, but not now. Carlton versus the Western Bulldogs. Mark Pitnett. The upgrade or cash-out option for Pitnett is looming, Jep. The next couple of weeks, in my opinion. I think he'll do well this week, though. I think against English, he'll, he'll definitely win the hit-out battle and, and be physically imposing towards Tim English. So I wouldn't do it this week. Yeah, English doesn't win a lot of hit-outs. He's doing his action around the grounds. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Okay, Patrick Cripps, he got out of jail last week. He's not a trade-out, but those scores will continue to be volatile if teams tag him, Jip. How, um, how stressful was it having having him or, or for his owners? Yeah, absolutely nothing until after half-time and three-quarter time. That last quarter was just brilliant. So, yeah, look, I've... And we probably all have at some point experienced the rollercoaster ride of Crips and his scores. So um, I'm all about the consistency, mate. Yeah, I guess it's probably why we stop here and have a bit of a chat. It's the Bontempelli, it's the Crips. It is these main targets for teams to tag that you know we're going to have to start to avoid in fantasy. Your thoughts? Yeah, agreed. I think there's way better options out there. Um, although, you know... Every player can get tagged, and all the good players will get tagged along the lines, but you just got to be smart about it. Yep. Sam Doherty, he's still cheap at 737k for non owners. He actually should be a priority, Jep. Oh, absolutely. If he's not um, in most teams, um, if you don't have him, get him in now. Bailey Smith, he's clear concussion protocol so far. If there are no issues for the remainder of the week, he will play. And thankfully, the Bulldogs are on an eight-day break. He's a decent target for non-owners still, Jip. Yeah, I think the eight-day break is very helpful in this scenario with the new concussion rules. So um, I'm expecting to, him to play, and um, you know, many, many teams have him. So it's a relief. On to Latham Vandermeer. He's in the same boat as Smith. He's all clear at this stage through concussion protocol. It's a decent break even of minus 25 at 297k, Jip. Yeah, he's, and, but with that, he's on field confidence. Again, really, really impressive. And I thought he was playing exceptionally well till he, till he caught the knock. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it was unfortunate timing for Vandermeer owners, but um, stay hold fast. Jack McRae, his centre-bounds usage has spiked over the last three weeks. He's averaged 86.7 points over the same time frame, Jip. Yeah, he's an underpriced premium in my eyes and um, a really, really good trading target. Okay, Jep, on to Tim English. He's averaged 92.7 points from his last three games. He's moving all over the ground as an intercept marking defender and also moving forward. He's still affordable at 634k. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think we're most of us are set in those ruck spots with Pitnet or the primo options, Goldie as well. So I don't think he's a target for anyone right at this point. Um, but credit to the way he's playing, um, I think that needs to be noted because he has a bit of he has been a bit of a whipping boy um, for us fantasy fans along the way. Okay, Jep, that's our players done for round six ahead of round six. So we're going to have a look at a little bit of ownership here now from the top 25 ranked coaches, and this is starting on ground last week. Okay, onto the defenders. Jep, I'm going to run through some names, and I'll get you to pick out one or two names that spike your interest. Doherty at 100%, Starsevic 88%, Houston 56%, Lloyd 56%, Hayden Young 40%, Nick Haynes 24%, and Bashar Hulley 20%. Any thoughts right there? Yeah, the big one, Starshevich, isn't it, with his return of scores on field. If um, movement can be made um, there, I think you gain that overall rank a bit better. Yeah, just on those players that I mentioned there, Haynes obviously is a little bit of a unique, and Lloyd's ownership is getting up there. Okay, on to the mids, Jep. Neil at 100%. Matty Rowell at 96%. Tom Mitchell at 76%. Jack Varney at 56%. Interesting. Taylor Adams, 44%. Jack McRae, 24%. Andrew Gaff, 20%. Stephen Cornelia, 20%. And good old old mate, Patrick Dangerfield, 12%. Your thoughts there, Jep? Yeah, I think Viney. Viney's obviously the one the owners will be nervous about going forward. So he's a trade-out option with his value. I think, surprisingly, one of the coaches or two of the coaches um, don't own Rao, which is Really surprising how they gained overall rank if they pulled the trigger a bit earlier on him. Um, and, yeah, the others really sort of fill in the space. So Cornelia hasn't hit his straps yet. Neither has um, Adams in recent weeks or Dangerfield. So interesting sort of mix of numbers, but that's what the midfield provides us, really. Yeah, I'll look at the uniques there. McRae, 24%. Gaff, 20%. Cornelio, if he can get it going, at 20%. And, obviously, the big one there right there is Patrick Dangerfield at 12%. Okay, Jeb, on to the Rucks. Top 25 ranked coaches on field from last week. Mark Pitnett, 64%. Brody Grundy, 64%. Max Gorn now increasing up to 32%. Goldstein at 28%. Nat Nui at 8%. And O'Brien at 4%. Any of those spark and interest right there, Jeb? Well, I think if I'm um, Pitnett, I'm, I'm sitting pretty for this week. Um O'Brien I'd be nervous about. So, yeah, look, Gorn obviously getting up there with people pulling the trigger at some point. So, yeah, look, those those percentages don't surprise me, I suppose. The Gorn and Grundy combination is owned by 16% of top 25 coaches, so that's just four owners in the top 25 own that combo. So most coaches are on that pit net ride for the short term at least. Okay, Jeb, on to the forwards, top 25 ranked coaches on the field from last week. The forwards, Christian Petrarca, 88%, Simkin, 72%, Taylor, 72%, Bailey Smith at 60%. One team had him in the midfield there. Andrew Brayshaw at 56%, Connor Butterick at 32%, and Lockie Whitfield at 20%. He's the unique right there, Jeb. Yeah, that's interesting, the Whitfield unique. So some may have jumped on in recent week in the last week or two, which is a great get. I think Buderick on field is not doing anyone any favours, obviously, and that's a big priority for for uh, the top-ranked coaches. Yeah, I think 
obviously Rouse 96% owned in that top 25. I believe most of them will be targeting Lockyer Whitfield with that money right there. So that should be an easy upgrade if those coaches have the cash in the bank for a short upgrade. Okay, Jep, we will turn for episode 41 next week. The podcast schedule for the remainder of the season is late on Tuesday nights. Jep, that's it for episode 40. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. See ya.